Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to College Football Live. Presented by Zillow. you with us with Joey Galloway and Tom Luganville. I'm Wendy Nix. And last week at this time, when we talked about Texas A&M, it was certainly all about the upset at the hands of Appalachian State. But what a difference a week makes. The call was heard and answered in College Station over the weekend when A&M rebounded the 17-9 win at home over Miami. And that was despite four suspended players, including their second leading receiver. Max Johnson got the start at QB for the Aggies after Haynes King Luke's started the first two games. What did we learn about A&M in the win? I think that they have some poise, that they cared, that they showed some pride, and they responded to what was an embarrassing uh, performance against App State. It wasn't just losing to App State. It was how they lost to App State. Then you have that dark cloud that's looming over College Station the entire week. Now, listen. Were they perfect? No. Was Max Johnson better than Haynes King? Yes, but he was still only 10 for 20. But he was also very decisive. He got the ball out of his hand. He played quick, all right, and he didn't make catastrophic errors. I think that's a foundation to build on, but let's call it what it is, y'all. 300-plus total offense games, 14 to 17 points, are not going to win you many games in the SEC West. I agree with you, Lugs. They bounced back. And when they lost to App State, uh, everyone acted like their season was over. And with their schedule and what they have left, that App State loss won't matter if they continue to play the way they did against Miami. They have Arkansas coming up, who's a top 10 team. They have Alabama in a couple weeks coming up. Ole Miss is on that schedule. Uh, I think Florida's on that schedule. So there's enough on the Texas A&M Texas schedule that if they can run the table, the loss at App State won't matter. Now, they do have to get better on first down. When you watch that game against Miami, uh, and I think it's because they're trying to establish the run. Because if you looked at the box, uh, at times there's you know six guys in the box in Miami, you assume you can run the football. They weren't having success on first down, which is then setting up a second and long, then a third and long. And so you put your quarterback in a situation where he has to pass the ball against a fast defense like Miami, it's going to be tough to have success that way. But they won the football game, and they have Arkansas next. If they can continue to build on that, they'll be just fine. There's still so much football left for the Aggies, and as Joey said, up next is Arkansas. Also over the weekend, if you didn't see it, Penn State manhandled Auburn, and they did so without needing any additional help. But they almost got the benefits of the services of a veteran NFL quarterback who wanted to understand the life of a walk-on. You know, Coach, to truly understand the walk-on experience, I think I need to try out. We can give it a try, but I worry you'd be a little bit of a distraction. Let me handle that. If I was going to blend in as a college student, I needed to look the part. So I hired a team of Hollywood makeup artists. Hello, I'm Chad Powers. Hey. Jed Powers. 
Zip. Chad Powers. Coach Franklin. Chad Powers. I'm going to be your starting quarterback. Is that you, Eli? How'd you know? I'd know that Manning face from anywhere. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a bad look. It's a bad it's look? A bad I, look. Thought, I thought it was a sell. <laughs> I think you're going to need this, brother. Oh, man. Good luck. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like he's stuck in the 80s. Poor guy. They flashed my bat. They flashed my bat. 5-4-9. 5-4-9. 5-4-9? See a picture of Chad. Chad Powers. You ain't seen nothing like him. Not just good looking. I can throw it, baby. Chad, Chad, Chad. That's what I'm be calling in Penn State Stadium. Chad. I got good news for you. I did some background check, and one of the guys that you guys are competing with has kind of been disqualified for two reasons. Number one, his testing numbers were awful. He ran 5.49 in the 40, broad jump 7 foot 10. Not what we're looking for, but on top of that, we found out that he's ineligible. He has no eligibility left. Chad Powers, you're ineligible. Oh. Come on up. That mean I didn't make the team, Coach? No, you did not. It's okay. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Come on. I thought I had it, boys, but, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the full episode out tomorrow. They had no need for Chad Powers. Joey, is it fair to say, I, I know what you ran. I think I do it. You were slightly faster than uh, the Powers kid there, yes? In college. Yeah, I, I was I was a little I was a little faster than that. Just a little right bit. now. Just a little <laughs> Yeah Yeah, that's fair. Right now. All right. Uh, in fairness, uh, what do we make of this current Nittany Lions squad? I think what we've seen so far is a team that has maybe an all-star running back and Nicholas Singleton, freshman, is a home run hitter. Uh, and they dominated Auburn. And so they're an interesting team that nobody's talked a whole lot about, especially in the Big Ten. But if they can continue down the road that they're on, you know, they knocked off Purdue, Ohio, Auburn. Uh, they have Central Michigan, Northwestern. So they should be 5-0 before they travel to Michigan. And that will be a primetime matchup. Both teams coming in undefeated. Both teams looking like they could possibly win the Big Ten. Joey, I, I tell you what, I had a chance to see them uh, against Ohio in week two. They're really, really talented. And remember a year ago when they went into Kinnick Stadium at Iowa City and Sean Clifford got hurt and they had no chance because they had nobody to be able to play the position behind him? Well, now they do. So now they've got two freshman running backs, as you mentioned, Nick Singleton and Catron Allen and Kevon Lee, the sophomore. And then you've got Drew Aller backing up Sean Clifford. This is this is an offense that I think has a chance to really grow, really become more explosive. The defense is going to come along. And by the way, Joey Porter Jr., the corner, he's going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick. Yeah, and, and since John Clifford's been there, when he takes care of the football, they're a pretty good offense. Right. He's rushed for a touchdown every game. And that is the key for Penn State. Control the ball, don't make big mistakes, play good defense, and they win football games. I am looking forward to when they travel to Michigan. That could be one heck of a game. Well, Joey, for every offense that scores 41 points, you've got one defense that allowed it, and allow, uh, Auburn allowing 41 points ties for the most points it has ever allowed at home against a non-conference opponent, and that's since the SEC was founded in 1933. College football senior writer Pete Thamel joins us now. And Pete, uh, Brian Harson clearly on the hot seat, but just how hot is it? 
Well, Wendy, ever since February, when the university began an investigation that was completely unfounded into Harson, there has been an inevitability to his tenure ending at some point this fall. Uh, it's a $15 million question hanging over Auburn because he'd be owed 7.5 within the first month and 15 total in buyout. Uh, there's not a lot of optimism anywhere that Brian Harson is going to survive. The first step Auburn's likely to take is to name an AD. They named an interim and in Rich McGlynn, the compliance officer, who was promoted to interim earlier this week. So the next step for Auburn comes as a when does Harson go, not an if. Well, it's not the only place where there's speculation. Talk to me about other coaches who are under additional pressure right now. Well, uh, we can start at Georgia Tech, where uh, the Yellow Jackets were blown out 42 to nothing at home by Ole Miss. Uh, there's, there's also inevitability hanging over Georgia Tech. Uh, the unwinding of Tech is likely to start with the athletic director, Todd Stansberry, sometime in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Georgia Tech has a bye week in about three weeks, and, and it, that seems like an inflection point for the program when looking at Jeff Collins' future. Uh, the difference in his buyout is about $3 million between 7 and 10 uh, between now and between January 1st, but there's no chance that they're going to wait until then. So there's, there's an air of inevitability, Wendy, hanging over Atlanta. All right, Arizona State has already made the call. They've parted ways with Coach Herm Edwards. What or who is next for the Sun Devils? Well, Wendy, Arizona State has always been the, the sleeping giant, and boy, have they been napping uh, under Herm Edwards. I, I really think that where they go next depends on who makes the hire, and Ray Anderson, the athletic director, made it clear in his comments to the, to the press in Tempe this week that he's unsure of how big of a role he's going to have. So it's obviously always hard to project who the coach is going to be when you don't know who's going to hire them. That said, old friend Brian Harson uh, was going to be one name that comes up if he is let go at Auburn. And then there's names like Tom Herman if they want to go early, which is the, the, the new trend now with the early signing day. Others like Bill O'Brien and, uh, you know, a, a few other of your staunch West Coast guys are, are going to have a chance like Troy Calhoun. Yeah, Pete, uh, some familiar names on that list. That's the coaching carousel. It goes round and round. We appreciate it. We'll see you again later this week. Still to come on College Football Live, we've seen them have a solid start. But have the Trojans shown us enough to prove they're the real deal? Or is there a blueprint that might slow down USC? College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. And in part by Progressive. The right call to protect your home and car. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Zillow.
take a look at the latest AP Top 10 presented by Verbo. USC remains at number seven this week after beating Fresno State by four touchdowns. The Trojans get a tough test on Saturday. They visit Oregon State, who beat SC by 18 a year ago this week in Los Angeles. So they've got wins over Rice, Stanford, and Fresno State, Luke. So the answer may be we already do. But my question is, when will we know USC is for real? I think when they go on the road this week to Corvallis, as you mentioned, if you haven't seen Oregon State, a much better football team than people probably realize if you're not familiar with them. And I think with USC, for all of the skill, the quarterback play in Caleb Williams and the, the success in the transfer portal, the thing about SC to me is are they going to play somebody who can run the football at them and doesn't turn over the football? So you've got at Oregon State on the road, Arizona State, you see a, a a salty Washington State ball club, and then look at October 15th at Utah. I think it's going to be really the, the contest where we find out exactly where USC is. The bottom line, it, I mean, Joe, SC, I think, has created 10 turnovers in three weeks, all right? Two against very poor football teams. And then Jake Hayner, of course, went out for, for Fresno State. But if you don't turn the ball over and you can run the ball, I think that's how you stay in the game with SC right now. Well, we're going to find out. And it's interesting because they've looked very comfortable so far this season. Yeah. Caleb Williams looks like he's just out there having fun because the defense is playing the way they are. You mentioned Oregon State. Uh, if you're into this kind of thing, USC is only favored by six and a half. When I saw that, I was thinking to myself, hmm, interesting that Vegas doesn't think that USC is that much better than Oregon State. So, they believe that this is going to be a test for USC. Vegas is usually right in these kind of things. So I think this will be their first real test. But I also have my eyes on that Utah game also, Lugs, because it's at Utah. And, and when you look at the Pac-12, uh, Utah was that team at the beginning of the season that everyone assumed uh, would win the Pac-12. They go on the road, they lose to Florida. Then there's some question marks of what they're made of. But we're going to find out. But this weekend could be interesting for USC. We should, we should know more, and it's likely USC had this game circled in Corvallis since this week last year when, again, they lost by 18. And now for this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW for the second straight week. The distinction belongs to Appalachian State, or more specifically, Chase Bryce. The Mountaineers facing fourth and ten. Two seconds to play the impossible is possible. The Hail Mary to win the game and beat Troy 32-28. It got us thinking about some of the all-time great Hail Marys. Luke's, how about the 1980 Holiday Bowl with BYU? Yeah, how about Jim McMahon here throwing it up into a crowd and really way more white jerseys than there were blue, and that's how miracles happen. There's almost no college football fan that doesn't remember Doug Flutie, Joey. I don't know. We've seen a play played more on TV than this Hail Mary right here. It made Doug Flutie a national brand. <laughs> no kidding. 11 years later, Colorado at Michigan. Lugs and it's Cordell Stewart. Yeah, look at where he throws the ball from. He's on his own 25-yard line, and the ball lands literally on the goal line. He wins hands down for distance of throw. And then the most recent, Joey, Appalachian State and Chase Bryce. This one looks like it was drawn up this way. Throw it short, <laughs> have a guy cut underneath for the tip, catch it, score, win. We love college football.
football for a lot of reasons, but how much is this sportsmanship worth over the weekend? Here's Chase Price. You know what? Let me, okay, Hail Mary complete. Let me help you onto the field to celebrate. I mean, the poor guy doesn't even have his hel- helmet off, uh, but he's there to help. Then there was this in the Oregon-BYU pregame. BYU player Kingsley Suamateo ran out with the flag in memory of Spencer Webb. He was the Oregon tight end that tragically passed away over the summer. He came over towards the Oregon sideline and gave some of the Oregon players the flag and uh, some hugs, some embraces, and a, a pretty neat moment. He had previously spent a year at Oregon. And then last Thursday, Clemson defensive tackle Brian Brise lost his 15-year-old sister Ella to brain cancer. He was home in Maryland this week as Clemson took on Louisiana Tech, both head coaches and his roommate, uh, wearing Ella Strong t-shirts for this one. And then this is just incredible. Clemson posted this tweet late Saturday night. Every single Louisiana Tech football player wrote a letter in sympathy to, to the Brzee family. And we should also add that Dabo and most of the Clemson team were in Maryland today for Ella's services. Up next, is there room for quality football at some marquee basketball programs? It sort of depends on who you ask. With the likes of Kentucky and Kansas off to solid starts, we'll let you decide. College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. Our Saturday night football game presented by Capital One, a Big Ten battle at the Shoe in Columbus. C.J. Stroud and the number three Buckeyes play host to Wisconsin. Both teams starting conference play. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbst, we have the call. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. Conference realignment may be the beginning of some things, but it also marks the end of others. This time, it's the annual Bedlam series between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. The series is expected to end once Oklahoma leaves the Big 12 for the SEC in 2025. And if Bedlam ends, it means the second longest uninterrupted series in the FBS would be no more. They played this game every year since 1910. It survived the likes of World Wars One and Two, in addition to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can make it through World Wars, Lugs, but you cannot survive conference realignment. This is just the type of thing I'm afraid we're going to see. Yeah, who wins? Nobody. Who loses? College football and its fans and the passion for the sport. I don't like it at all. I hope it's not out of pettiness. I hope we don't have to wait 10 years like we had to wait for the backyard brawl, Joey. Yeah, I think what makes college football special and and what makes you want to sit down and watch it are these rivalry games. And you don't have to be a fan of either school playing a rivalry game and you sit down and watch it. And we're losing that in college football and it's very disappointing. Yeah, it's one of the biggest criticisms of realignment. Now, it's fair to say that some schools across the country, Alabama, Georgia, known for their football programs. In other cases, we think of schools as basketball programs. Kentucky, Kansas. This year, though, with some of these basketball schools getting off to such good starts, the line is a bit blurred. But don't tell that to Coach Calipari. This is a basketball school. It's always been there. Alabama is a football school. So is Georgia. I mean, they are. Right. This is a bat. Don't dis our football team. I hope they win games and ten games and go to bowls. 
at the end of the day, that makes my job easier, and it makes the job of all of us easier. But this is a basketball school. I don't care what anybody says about their program. That's not my business. That's not my lane. But when you start talking about my program and, and others that we compete against, I mean, me, I, I, I don't do that. I stay in my lane. And, uh, you know, so that's in defense of my players, the defense of the work that we've done. And believe me, we want to continue to push. And listen, we all know this program wasn't born on third base. You know, so some may, but I could promise you this football team didn't wake up on third base. I did a lot of work. We did a lot of work. coffee room is all that comfortable we'll let coach Cal and Mark Stoops decide whether basketball comes first at UK but there is no disputing Kentucky is one of several men's basketball blue bloods off to a great start on the gridiron Kansas and Duke will put their unbeaten records on the line Saturday when they meet in Lawrence and which of these quote unquote basketball schools Joey has been the most surprising for you this season I'm going to go with Kansas, and it's the way they're doing it. Coach Leopold has his team playing with a lot of confidence, but they spotted 14 points to West Virginia. They spotted 14 points to Houston on the road and found a way to win these games, and that's what you don't normally see out of anybody, let alone what we quote-unquote call a, a basketball school, but a school like Kansas to come out and play the way they're playing and come back and win these games is impressive. Hey, Joey, I'm with you. It's Kansas. Not to mention that the Houston game and the West Virginia game were both on the road, and Kansas did not turn the ball over in either of those two games. They have not been heavily penalized. They've been great on third down. I mean, this is the recipe for success, right? And listen, should any of us be surprised? If you're not familiar with Lance Leipold, go back and check out his history. Six national championships in eight years at Wisconsin-Whitewater. Goes and resurrects the Buffalo program. He takes the Kansas program, and I know I was going, oh, I don't know if that's the right job to take. And now look at what he's done. This is what he does. He transforms programs. Luke, let me ask you this. For that reason, do you expect this type of season to continue at Kansas? Well, I, I, I think that they will be far more competitive in all of the games that they play. Now, they're not going to have the most talent on the field in the majority of the games that they play. But again, if they don't turn the ball over, if they don't have self-inflicted wounds and they make their own breaks, they'll surprise some other people. Hey, Wendy, that is a great question because as much fun as we'd like to have at 3-0, and hey, who's the best? I was waiting for Lugs to say, yeah, they're going to keep this thing going and go win the Big 12. But he let us down. Didn't want to go that. Hey, but as long as they continue to take care of the ball, if Jalen Daniels doesn't turn the ball over and continues right. to, to play the way he's playing, leading the team in passing and rushing, they're going to win some football games. And I dare Lugs to say they're winning the Big 12. Oh, boy. Oh. Hey, go ahead, Lugs. Just say it. You never know. Listen, three games doesn't a season make, but they're certainly off to a good start. And we can, we can appreciate that. Meanwhile, I don't know if Coach Cow does, but the rest of us can say, Good job, Kansas. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.